You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1157 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday, and thank you for listening, as always, to the podcast. Not a lot of positivity in Hawks land right now, and justifiably so, as the Hawks lose yet again in pretty ugly fashion at home to the Miami Heat on Wednesday. A final score of 115-91. to Yes, 91, an offensive crater for the Hawks in this spot. Um, we'll, of course, dive into all of the uh, factors in play. On this particular night, including the entire game breakdown, I do want to plug at the top of the show, we had a two-part podcast with good friend of the podcast, Tyler Jones, that dropped on Tuesday into Wednesday, and those are still very relevant episodes. Tyler is always entertaining and fun to talk to. That's a pretty insightful show, I believe, and uh, I know Hawks fans uh, always like to hear from Tyler, so that's still available in the feed. It's actually the fourth show of the week. With all that said, though, the Hawks put together a pretty ugly performance in this game, and with the loss, just as a topper on the show, they are 6-14 and 14 in the last 20 games. And this is the headliner for me. They have lost nine consecutive home games. Again, this is a team with high expectations this year. They've lost nine straight home games. They have not won a game at State Farm Arena since November 22nd. That is before Thanksgiving. Now, some of that it has to do with playing a lot of road games since then, the long road trip, etc. But still, nine straight home losses should never ever happen, no matter what the context, even if you want to give, I'm big on context, as people who listen to the show know, I'm big on nuance, big on context, but you cannot lose nine games in a row in your home building, and uh, with all of that said, the Hawks are now three games, as of this recording, they're three games out of the play-in, and the play-in, I mean, that's, that's for the 10th seed, they're three, three games behind the 10th seed in the East, and uh, things have gone very, very sideways for the Hawks at this point in time. So I will give you what I think, as always, on this show. I'll try to find some optimism for you along the way. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I have a hard time, you know, poking fun or even or like, you know, criticizing anyone that's getting uh, upset about this team right now because it has been maddening. If you're a Hawks fan, I totally understand the outrage and we'll get into all of it on the show. Okay, coming into the night, this is a game in which the Hawks were favored. I know people kind of laughed about that even before the game even started. I got multiple texts kind of asking me why the Hawks were favored, and I understand it because the Hawks have not been playing well for a long time, but they were favored, according to our friends about that AG in this game, by about two and a half points. It was actually four points uh, early in the day. It ended up coming down to two and a half. Uh, I guess probably some sharp money there. But um, the long story short is the Heat were coming in. You know, The Heat so far this season have been a lot better than the Hawks. Metrically, they've been really good this year overall. But Miami was missing their two best players in this game, like by a wide margin. You know, Kyle Lowry is still really good, and they have some good players, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, etc. But the Heat were without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and this game was in Atlanta. So that's kind of the simple explanation as to why the Hawks were favored. Home court plus Miami being shorthanded. Now, the Hawks did have some injuries of their own. That's also worth considering. Um... On the positive side, DeAndre Hunter returned in this game. He was, it was actually his first work on the floor since November 12th, exactly two months ago to the day. He missed 26 games for the Hawks. He was a game-time decision, ended up playing for the first time, um, five-on-five even, any kind of scrimmaging was this week. So this is kind of a quick turnaround there for Hunter, but he ended up coming back, 
pretty much right on schedule. He's he's supposed to miss eight weeks, ended up being almost nine, but basically right as right as the Hawks predicted. And he looked fine in this game, which is a good, which is a good sign moving forward. But no Capella. He was listed as doubtful. His ankle swelled up apparently on the flight back from the West Coast, and that he did not practice Tuesday or have shoot around on Wednesday. So not not surprising he missed the game, but that's a huge loss. For the Hawks, he I know he's been maligned by Hawks fans this year, but Capella, you know, the Hawks are worse without him unequivocally. And then uh, Cam Reddish missed the game as well. He was listed as questionable originally, then doubt, then doubtful, and then out. He's only played 16 minutes, actually, in the last four games combined. Um, actually, no, sorry, four of the last five games combined. He missed a game in Portland. He left two games early, etc. So um, we'll see how the ankle responds, but this is a, not, not a great sign for him either. Um, Millen did return to the bench for the first time in a while. He had been in protocols for an extended period of time. And uh, Gorgie Jang returned as well from protocols. Um, other than that, Jalen Johnson missed the game. Actually, he actually suffered an ankle sprain in College Park on Tuesday, but nothing further on that. We'll dive in now. And the bright spot of the night for the Hawks, other than Hunter's return, was the first few minutes of this game. Um, I'm not going to do the whole rant again. They ended up starting TLC. Uh, people were, were mad about that. I think they've almost forgotten at this point because TLC did not, did not play a ton. But um, you know, I'm not going to do the whole thing again. But I would not start TLC. I would start. I would start Kevin Herter, who's been their best wing this year. Um, I think TLC gets too much hate, which I've said probably a hundred times at this point in time. But I'll leave that alone for now. On a night when a lot went wrong, that was not really the problem. Uh, kind of a sloppy start for both teams, actually. Only one basket for either side in the first three minutes or so is by Diamond's jump shot at the shot clock buzzer. But the Hawks had some turnovers, so did the Heat. But the Hawks did settle in first out of the two teams. They actually took an, a 13-2 lead. So, again, the Hawks lost this game by 24 points. They led 13-2. So, from there, they lost this game by 35 points in the final, I don't know, 44 minutes of the game. Miami started 1-8 of eight from the floor. They had two points in almost five minutes of clock time. Two points in the first 12 possessions for the Heat in this game. And I thought, honestly, the defense for the Hawks in this game was not elite. It was not fantastic. But I thought it was fine. Maybe even pretty good at times, especially early on. They put pressure on Miami defensively. And uh, that was a pretty good sign after uh, some pretty nice improvement on Sunday, I thought, for the defense as well. Um, rotationally, it was Gallinari first for Okongwu. Um, they did not play Gorgie Jang until garbage time and on his first game back, so they stayed with a nine-man rotation, played a little bit smaller, played Collins at the five against Miami. Um, it was DeLon Wright and Kevin Herter as mid-quarter subs. Uh, notably, they actually took Trey Young out early in the first quarter, and he actually played two different stints in the first period. That was a change. It's happened before this year, but not for a while. In the second half, they didn't do that again, so I'm not sure if it's going to happen moving, moving forward, but that's a kind of a notable rotation tweak. And then they brought in Hunter with about three minutes to go in the first quarter. Again, he had not played in two months. He played with Trey Young in that first stint, and I thought Hunter looked good. We'll come back to that later on. I thought, I thought he played well in his limited time. Um, I thought they did a decent job getting John Collins involved early on, but that kind of uh, went away as the game went along. Of course, there's been a lot of talk about that, as we talked about with Tyler this week about his uh, about his comments. But I thought Collins was one of the better players in this game, but was not terribly involved offensively. Um, there was a terrible blocking call on Collins that should have been challenged by Emmett Millen. I understand that they don't want to challenge in the first quarter on a blocking foul, but it was the second foul on Collins. Collins got up and immediately was screaming to have that play challenged. He was actually correct. You know, Players are not always right about that stuff, but he was. That was a terrible call. No challenge, but I wasn't mad about that, but they, they would have won it, I'm pretty sure, on that one. Um, there was a nice pass by Hunter, actually, to a Kongwu that had a couple free throws in that first possession. He had a couple threes early on, did Hunter, and a lot of positivity there. And uh, hilariously, the Hawks led by six at the end of the first quarter. It was 27-21. The Heat were having trouble scoring. The Hawks' offense was not great in the first quarter, which I think is worth um, remembering because 
even McMillan after the game talked about this. The Hawks had an opportunity to put together a pretty big lead in the first quarter and didn't do it because they couldn't make shots, and that um, ended up biting them to some extent later on. Again, they played nine guys. Uh, they did not go to Jang or Lou or Mays with Capella and Reddish both out. They sat Trey for a while. Um, Hunter hit a three early on in the second quarter. There was a flagrant one foul on a, on a Kongwu for the Zaza Pachulia rule, kind of getting under Duncan Robinson. And honestly, he almost did it again on the next possession, maybe two possessions later. McConnell was not great in this game. Um, I think he was better. It was better in the second half, I thought, but uh, not his best effort. In fact, he also went 0 for 4 the free throw line, which is uh, you know kind of the Capella syndrome, I guess, on that. But Miami's first lead of the game came in a 16 to 5 run in the second quarter. There was one great possession in there, which I want to at least point out because there wasn't a lot of this in this game. There was some awesome ball movement to get Gallinari a three. He missed it, and then Wright got the offensive rebound. They worked it around again to Hunter for a bucket, and that was a small bright spot in there, but they went to some interesting lineups late in the second quarter. One of them was offense-focused. They actually played a lineup with Young, Bogdanovich, Gallinari, and Collins at center. That's a group that's going to have to score a lot of points, because defensively that's not going to work very well, especially with the current state of Bogdanovich and Gallinari, but it didn't really bite them a ton. They had a couple threes, Trey and Bogdanovich did, to give the Hawks the lead again with like five minutes to go in the second quarter. That was the Hawks' last lead of the game. Because from there, Miami pushed ahead a little bit with Duncan Robinson making a bunch of shots. Um, Tyler Hero got off a little bit as well. And Collins got his third foul late in the first uh, late in the first half. The Hawks went, went into the break down by five. And again, they led, they led by 11 early. Miami hit six threes in the second quarter. They had seven free throws in the second quarter as well. And the Hawks' offensive crater started in that quarter when they shot seven of 24 from the floor. At the half, the Hawks had a 104 offensive rating, which is not good by any means, but it's not like abjectly terrible. It got worse from there, though, because of the bad shooting continued. Um, not, not the greatest passing game for the Hawks overall. I thought Trey Young struggled, which we'll come back to later on. But other than Hunter, who had 13 points in the first half, not a ton to go uh, to go into the halftime break positively. Other than they, t- they did take a lot of threes in this game, and some pretty decent looks just didn't make them. And then defensively, I thought it was pretty good in the first half in particular. There was a three-point barrage at one point in the second quarter with Robinson getting hot along with Hero, but they weren't all great looks. You know, they have some great shooters on that team, Robinson, Struess, Hero, but some pretty good contests overall. And I think if you watch the tape back in the first half, again, a small consolation, but the defense was actually pretty good before halftime. Still, they went into halftime down and they never led again. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is Prize Picks. Attention Hawks fans, you've been hearing me talk about prize picks for months now. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, prize picks is exclusive, no brainer of an offer for all of our users. They get $50 free. Yes, users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but only if you use the promo code NBA. That's right, it's an exclusive offer available for all locked on fans, only if you use the promo code NBA. PrizePix is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and it offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench guys who only record a handful of minutes each and every game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of, from points to assists to rebounds, three-pointers, etc. You pick two to five players and overrun on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you against the projected numbers. There are also mixed sports entries on prize picks. You can take the over on Trey Young, combine with the under on your favorite football players in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play right now. And prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepicks.com today or use the App Store and download the app. All users that use that deposit promo code of NBA will get $50 free on your first prize picks entry if you score a single point. One more time, all users that deposit using the promo code NBA will get $50 free on your first prize picks entry if, you, if they score a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, so the first half was not great. You know, going in down five after leading by 11 is not what anybody wanted, but it was not disastrous. The third quarter, 
at least the beginning of the third quarter, was disastrous. The Hawks give up the first 16 points of the third quarter, a 16-0 run by Miami, the first eight of which were in the first 90 seconds, and it was kind of a perfect storm. The Hawks go empty on their first four possessions, a turnover by Trey, a missed layup by Trey, a missed three by Bogey, a missed floater by Trey, and then the Heat score eight points in three possessions with a three, two free throws, and another three, and the Hawks call timeout down 13. Now, the game isn't over down 13, but coming out of that break, the Hawks had six more empty trips in a row. So nine consecutive scoreless possessions for the Hawks on offense to begin the third quarter. That is very, very bad. Um, particularly for a team that's in the top five in offense for the season, the Hawks did not score until the 7:20 mark, almost five minutes into the third quarter. And when they finally did, they were down by 21 points. And again, the game's not over at that point, but you dug yourself a hole that is going to be very difficult to come out of, and they couldn't do that. They tried some early subs. They went to Herter very early in the third quarter, went to Gallinari earlier than expected. That didn't work to ju- sort of juice anything offensively. And they called timeout again with 6.30 to left, and they were down by 22 points. The Hawks at that point had 53 points on 62 possessions. So 53 points on 62 possessions. That's an 85 offensive rating through about two and a half quarters. That is dreadful. Uh, the Hawks did kind of wake up from there, and they were not too bad for like the next quarter. Honestly, if you were to isolate the mid-third through the mid-fourth, the Hawks played like reasonably well. It's just that the fact that they, they dug the hole so deep at that point they had a 9-2 run to get back within 15. Trey kind of woke up a little bit, had five straight points after a pretty rough before and after that. Um, they did not take him out like, like they did in the first quarter, but um, he came out actually about 2.30 left in the third, up down by 16, I should say. And then Hunter missed three shots in a row when Trey sat to kind of help them crater offensively a little bit more. There was a nice walk by Okongwu that's worth seeing in the third, but that was kind of it in terms of highlights down the stretch. The Hawks were down by 19 at the end of the third. With a 90 offensive rating through three quarters, they shot 5 of 18 from the floor and 0 of 6 from three in the third quarter. Hideous stuff. Um, defensively, you know, the Hawks gave, gave up 30 points in the third quarter, but honestly, if you watch it if you, if you watch it back, a lot of that was just the Hawks' offense, you know, turnovers and runouts because of missed layups, stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't great defensively, but it wasn't as bad as the numbers indicated, I don't think, either if you watch the tape. The Hawks did have one more run in them. They got it to 13 with about nine minutes to go with the Kongwu and DeLon Wright combining for seven straight points. Right When Wright hit that three, the, he had to call timeout, and I kind of noted, you know, look, this is not over at this point, down 13. Um, the, the Heat, though, did stabilize a little bit, led by that, like, 14 to 18 range for, like, six straight minutes, basically. There was a, um, a weird play in which Duncan Robinson – Turn it over and nobody saw it or called it, and it kind of everybody kind of stopped. But the Hawks got to run up for a layup, and that kind of led to them being competitive again, being down again 13, 14 points. But there was kind of a backbreaker, I thought, that was probably the dagger in my mind with like four and a half, five minutes to go. The Heat missed a three, and then got, off, got an offensive rebound, and then made a three to go up by 16 points. That Herder missed a three on the other end of the floor, and then Miami had a three point play with a, uh, an and one at the rim, and that was kind of it. So it was like a, you know, that's one of those six, nine-point swings in like a minute, and uh, when the Hawks are already down by 13 points when it starts, they're uh, drawing dead at that point. And then they pulled the plug with like two minutes to go with Brian Jane, Cooper, and Mays, and uh, that was the white flag at the end of that. Um, so <laughs> zooming out a little bit and talking about the offense in this game, you know, I'll just say this broadly speaking, this was definitely an offense-first loss. I talked about this a little bit on Sunday's show. If you listen to that one on Monday morning, um, I thought Sunday's loss to the Clippers was an offensive loss um, pretty clearly. People kind of push back on that. But you look at the numbers, and I think I was right about that. Um, this game, there's no gray area. This is an absolutely definitive 
offensive loss. They lost this game on offense, which has not happened all the time for the Hawks. The Hawks are so much better offensively than defensively, personnel-wise, stat-wise, everything-wise this year. The offense has not been the problem this season. In this game, the offense was uh, a calamity for most of the night, and that's why they lost. They did not score a point point per possession in this game. In fact, they had about a 93 offensive rating, which is like terrible. You know, the worst in the league is about 100, 101. So the Hawks were below that, and, uh, you know, that's even with some garbage time baked in. Um, 38% from the floor, 29% from three. I will say, if you want one positive offensively, other than like individual stuff, the Hawks took 45 threes. That's a good sign. I know people don't, don't always agree with me, but if you look at the, if you look at the profile, the Hawks took a lot of threes and actually took a lot of good shots from three. They just didn't make any of them. They were 13 of 45. That's 29%. That's going to bite you when you don't make a bunch of them. Even at the line, they shot 70%. That's not good for the, for an NBA team. 20 assists, 14 turnovers, not a good ratio there. They got nothing on the offensive glass in this game. That was the same case on Sunday. That's another area where Capella is so badly missed. The Hawks only rebounded 12% of their misses. That is less than half of the worst uh, percentage in the league, just to kind of tell you how bad that is. Um, that's not anybody's like individual fault, but Capella is such a monster there that he kind of makes up for that, but the Hawks got nothing second chance-wise in this game. And uh, yeah, individually we'll go through that in a second, but the offense was just abominable. And look, that happens sometimes. I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't. The timing, though, is so bad because the Hawks, broadly speaking, played good or at least better defense in two straight games after having a terrible defensive stretch. And as soon as they did that, the offense let them down. And that's kind of contributing to the uh, overall disaster for the Hawks right now. Defensively, um, again, I thought it was pretty respectable to solid. It wasn't great. They gave up about 116 points per run possessions. That's, that's not good on, on its face. I thought the one big thing that they did that they did not do well in this game was give up too many threes. Miami was definitely hunting threes, particularly without Butler and Adebayo. They like to bomb threes. They have the personnel to do it between Lowry and Struess and even P.J. Tucker and Cody Martin was taking shots. Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, and then, of course, Duncan Robinson, one of the most prolific three-point shooters in the entire league. And the Heat got up 45 attempts, and that's too many. Now, they didn't shoot that great. They shot 36% from three, but the Hawks didn't do enough to overcome that, and that allowed the Heat to have 60% true shooting. So that was the biggest issue defensively. I thought it was fine to good on, other than other than that in the entire game. Um, again, the offense has been a problem the last two games. The defense has been better than that. Um, they forced 15, 15 turnovers. That's totally fine. That's more than they normally would. Did pretty well in the defensive glass in this game. 14 free throw attempts allowed. So you look at the profile defensively, the only thing that was bad stat-wise was 28 assists allowed and 45, 45 three-pointers attempted. So... It wasn't like they were the you know the 4 Pistons defensively in this game, but I think again if you watch the tape back as I have, they have been better defensively, and that's at least a small building block if you want to try to find something. If you don't, I don't blame you for not try, for not wanting to have anything positive, but uh, small wins I guess if you want to find them. Okay, before we get to the individual players and then get out of here on this Wednesday into Thursday, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. But on the line, I'd like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. And with the new year, we have new updated desktop and mobile websites to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% extra cash on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. With football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, auto racing, and much, much more, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available at BetOnline.ag for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports action. And again, 50% welcome bonus with BetOnline.ag if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. 
BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, and we'll close the podcast out with a look at the individual players, as we always do. If you're a new listener, I can't imagine you're a new listener. <laughs> Maybe somebody is for the first time after this brutal loss. And uh, what we do here is go through all the players that contributed to the rotation and uh, break them down on some level. So in this game, it was a nightmare rotation throughout the game until garbage time. Uh, three guys played down the stretch. It was Mays, Cooper, and Jang in the last two minutes. Lou Williams was active, did not play. Um DeLon Wright, 16 minutes, played the least of the starters. Um, played okay, three points, two, two assists, three rebounds. Was one of five from the floor, though. Minus nine. Um, everyone was minus in this game. Uh, that, that's literally not an exaggeration. Everyone was minus in this game. I thought Wright actually gave them some decent minutes defensively. He was uh, probably a good matchup against Tyler Hero at, at different times, but did not change the game either with his play. Um, Gallinari, 26 minutes, seven points, five rebounds. Defense, it's kind of the same story. De- defensively, it was uh, it was ghastly at times, but he, he did give them a little bit of offense and rebounding, but um, I would say a below-average night from Gallo, from Gallo overall because there wasn't too much explosiveness offensively. Um, I will note that they tr- kind of tried to play through him in the second half a little bit more, which I don't hate as much as everybody else does, but the timing of it was a little bit strange when they were trying to come back from a deficit and playing through Gallo kind of in the post and then uh, sort of the mid-post, and that was a rough um, sequence, if you want to point to that. Uh, Kevin Herter, not his best night, 33 minutes off the bench. Um, I will say it's good that he played more than the starters did on the wing because he's been their best wing this year, but not his best night. Seven points, four assists, did have two steals, one rebound, two and nine from the floor, 0 of five from three, which is uh, not going to be enough to overcome kind of the same as everybody else in this game. But I thought he was not as bad as the numbers indicated, but not his best by any stretch. And then DeAndre Hunter, um, Pretty good in the first half, not so much in the second half. It was actually minus 20. That's a little bit of noise. I think both he and Collins were minus 20, and they might have been the two best players for the Hawks in this game at different times. Um, so I'm not sure that really matters too much. But 3-4 three, from 3, uh, only one of seven on twos, though. So that's a little bit of uh, something to keep an eye on as he gets um, acclimated. 24 minutes. I'm not sure if he had a minutes restriction in this game. I would guess he probably did. On one hand, it was a wrist, so he could stay in shape. But on the other hand, the Hawks have been pretty careful with guys as they come back from two-month absences. He hasn't played in two months. So um, we'll see if he can ramp up a little bit. Maybe he'll start in the near future, but he did not start this game uh, and was probably limited to some degree. And uh, some nice moments. I think defensively he struggled early trying to try to contain Tyler Hero. It's, it's, it's a pretty tough matchup to have him guard a guy who's pretty prolific in Hero right out of the gates after not playing two months. Once he settled in, though, it was pretty solid in the way that it normally is for Hunter. So uh, nice to have him back, if nothing else. To the starters, uh, TLC, 13 minutes, um, four points, three assists, and a steal. He was fine, honestly. I mean, they pulled him quickly, as they probably should have, and probably should have started Herder, as I said, um, but he was not the problem. Uh, he was just kind of a non-factor for the most part. Um, Madonovich had a uh, decent shooting night from two. He was three of three, actually, on twos, but three of 11 on threes. 15 points, two assists, five rebounds, did have a steal and a block, did bogey. His defense continues to be a, a struggle. Overall, and he did not shoot well from three, as nobody did basically other than Collins and Hunter. Um, Akongwu had a kind of a rough one, honestly. I'm a big fan of Akongwu's. I think he's gonna his ceiling is very, very high. He'll have better nights for sure, but six points, seven rebounds, a steal and a block is good to see from him. Three or three from the floor, but 0-4 from the free throw line. A couple of like you know, just young guy plays, some foul issues as well, has been a that's kind of plagued him at times this year. And they went away from him a little bit, once more to Collins at center. I think that was uh, probably the right decision for the most part, but he'll have better nights and probably uh, will bounce back, I would say, from this on Friday. And then uh, from there, Trey Young and John Collins. We'll go to Collins first. Um, of course, a lot of scrutiny on him tonight after all of the comments and the news cycle that he's gone through. Um, 16 points, 11 rebounds, a double-double, and did, did, did so efficiently. 6-9 from the floor, 3-4 of four from 3. Um, only taking nine shots in this game is just not enough. 
I'm not sure what else to say about that. Um, I don't think he was fantastic. He was probably the best player, but not that's not a way to say much on a night when nobody really had it going in this game. So he wasn't the problem, uh, despite the... He did a four turnover. That's actually much more than he normally would have, and he wasn't flawless by any means, but, you know, hit and miss across the board. And then Trey Young had a really rough one. Um, in fact, he's had three games in a row where he's not been great. Of course, he had the massive blow-up game in Portland. And since then, I think he's something like shooting 30-something, like pretty low like low 30s from, from the floor. Uh, 4-15 in this game, I should say, after 8 of 21, 8 of 21, the two games previously to that. So a little bit of a struggle there. 1 of 6 from 3, so only 3 of 9 on 2s. Uh, pressing a little bit there. Did a 5 assists, 15 points, but 4 turnovers. Um, just not a good night for Trey Young. I'm not picking on him because nobody nobody was good, but it is tough for the Hawks to be good on offense when Trey's not good. That's kind of the way they built this team. That's a lot of pressure on him, to be sure. He's a superstar. He can handle it, but uh, it does kind of give you a little bit of a, a struggle in terms of margin for error when he doesn't have it because the Hawks have built so much around him, and this was one of the worst games that he's had this year, in my opinion, in terms of his offense. Defensively, it was kind of like you know normal for him, not great, but uh, he didn't like stand out to me in a negative way. Um, but offensively, he just didn't have anything going in this game. So a kind of a theme of the night for Atlanta. Big picture-wise, before we move on to look ahead a little bit to the weekend, um, you know, I said this earlier on the show, but it's hard for me to even do my normal routine that I do believe when I say it of kind of giving you the pushback and not to panic because this is an awful loss. I mean, the Hawks, not just losing the game, because, you know, losing as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home is not a bad thing. You know, the Heat are very well coached. They had a good game plan. Defensively, they played very well. But... You know, the overall results are the overall results. You know, 6-14 and 14 in the last 20 is just horrendous. There is a little bit, again, there's, there's some noise in the last home win being before Thanksgiving. But you cannot lose nine games in a row at home. The Hawks have not played well. They've been, okay, their last complete game they played, I don't even know what it was. Like, I guess maybe the Cleveland game on the road on New Year's, they played well in that game. But even the Sacramento win on the road trip, they didn't play that well, honestly. Um, so... It's just kind of rough, and people are asking me if they should panic. You know, panic is nothing, nothing, not something that I would recommend, but the reality is also worth driving home. And we'll probably do, we'll probably do this a little bit next week as well when I kind of have some more time to look into stuff and open it up on the, on the podcast. But if you look at the projection systems, the Hawks are now an underdog to make the playoffs, and that is just kind of a harsh reality after a conference finals run and all, the, all of what's going on. You know, they're basically at the halfway point right now. They're 17 and 30. They're on pace to win like 34 and a half, 35 games. That is dreadful, given where they have. And honestly, they've had some injury stuff, no question. They had some COVID stuff. But they've the three guys that I think are their linchpins, Young, Collins, and Capella, have been relatively healthy and relatively around this season. And they still have not been able to put together anything result, resembling what they were supposed to be putting together this year. So we'll have much more on this. And Again, I recommend the last two shows with Tyler for some more big picture stuff, some trade stuff, some overall thoughts on the season. But uh, a bad loss, a bad night. And uh, the numbers are hard to look at because, you know, three games out of the play-in right now in mid-January is startling, but it's also the reality of where the Hawks are at this moment in time. Before we get out of here quickly, nothing new on the trade front. I will say there is a good a good John Collins interview with Chris Kircher at The Athletic if you want to get John's on-the-record comments from Tuesday following the storm of his uh, reported, uh, you know, unhappiness, and etc. He's always candid, some some insight into what he thinks that's, uh, I know that's behind the paywall, but I want to at least recommend that you read that. Notably, he said that he actually wants to be in Atlanta. He was not saying otherwise at any point and was pretty candid about that. He didn't like some of the way it was framed with Shamsarania 
earlier this week on that piece, but again, I will recommend reading that whole thing. Nothing else in the trade front, though. There's always, you know, the rumor bills is spinning, but anytime something rises to the level of importance, I will talk about it. Nothing uh, terribly new between Monday and now. And then from here, the Hawks play a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. They go at Miami on Friday and then home for the Knicks on Saturday. I actually have to travel this weekend, so uh, barring something crazy, there will be not there will not be a post-game show on Friday. My apologies. There's always a couple games a year where I just cannot do a post-game show. Um, I try to do those on the weekends because this, the network definitely likes to emphasize during the week, and it's a back-to-back, so those always do a little bit worse because there's not a lot there's not a lot of time. So anyway. I will have a podcast at some point, but it will not be probably on Friday night in, into Saturday. So we'll have two games to talk about next, next time I'm on the podcast. Um, please follow the show. And the best thing to do is subscribe, and you'll get it. Uh, again, normally I would say you know 78 out of the 82 games, maybe more than that, I will have a show within a couple hours of the uh, final buzzer. But on Friday, that will not be happening. So uh, my apologies, but that's what happens sometimes. And it's a back-to-back, so we'll wrap that up at the end of the weekend. And the Hawks play, of course, on Monday, MLK Day. In, on a national TV game against the Bucks, and that's a tough spot because the the Bucks are good. They're banged up right now as well. We'll touch, we'll touch on that more at the end of the weekend, but that's a tough spot. So, you know, schedule wise, nothing easy here. The Knicks are not great, but that's a back to back with travel for the Hawks, and they haven't won at home in forever. The Heat on the road, even with even when shorthanded, it's a tough matchup. And then the Bucks at home, no easy, no easy stuff here for the Hawks. Now, um, normally, I would tell you that the Hawks have a bunch of home games in the next few weeks, and they do. That's normally a good thing. Uh, is it right now? Maybe not. Uh, but they do have a bunch of home games, which is usually a favorable schedule. We'll see if they can turn it on at some point. But the deadline looms. They're less than a month away from that. You know, the chatter's not going to get not gonna get any, any quieter after this loss. So 17-23, and we'll have more on the uh, big picture stuff, but uh, a rough one for the Hawks at home against Miami on Wednesday. All right, please subscribe. Again, please subscribe to the show. Uh, leave, please leave five-star ratings and reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Check us out on Odyssey or Stitcher or, of course, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Wherever you find podcasts, we should be there. Please tell us if we're not, and I will do my best to get us there. Please follow me if you'd like to at BT Roland. Follow the show, and please, by the way, follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHawks. Thank you for listening, everybody, even in the midst of a rough night for the Hawks, and we'll see you next time.